0: The years since school had been very kind to Paul. He had landed a dream job, and with the great job had come the corner office, the hot secretary, the fancy car, and even the gorgeous fiancé. His life seemed to be going full speed ahead towards the American dream, and then he discovered that April was living in his condo, and no matter how much money he influence, or power he might now possess. April was determined to put him back in his place, and as far as she was concerned, his place was mincing around in high heels and a sexy and feminine wardrobe. It didn't take her long to trap him and take control of the young executive once again. Recently she had even made friends with Paul's fiancée, Sandra, for Paul, this felt like the final straw. It felt like a very lacy, feminine noose was tightening around him. Then out of nowhere, Paul's life was forever changed, when Paul's company was the victim of a hostile takeover. He got a good severance package worth about 50000 Unfortunately, the only way to collect it was to sign a non-compete agreement. He could continue on in his chosen profession, but not in his current city, and Sandra seemed in no mood to move. Fifty thousand is a lot of money, but when you're used to earning four times that, it doesn't last as long as you'd think, especially when you've got a wedding on the horizon. Paul felt lost. Sandra still had a good job, and Paul had savings as well as his severance, but it wasn't just the money. Paul felt worthless as he tried to fill his days without a job to call his own. One afternoon, he was in Sandra's apartment making dinner when there was a knock on the door. Paul wiped the grease from his hand and walked over to the door to answer it. Hey, Nicole, nice apron, said April as she walked in. It's just to keep my clothes clean, replied Paul, ripping off the pink floral apron. What do you want, anyway? You're wearing sweats, princess, said April, plopping herself down on the couch. Sandra invited me for dinner. Well, I'm uninviting you, said Paul. I don't think you want me to tell Sandra that I walked in on you wearing her clothes, taunted April. You know we did a whole photo shoot of you wearing them, so I have plenty of evidence. What do you want, demanded Paul. To help you. That's all. Sandra told me that you lost your job, said April. Tough break. I can hear all the sympathy in your voice, said Paul sarcastically. Well, all you have to know is I found you a job, and you'll be reporting to it starting on Monday, said Sandra. You found me a job? This ought to be good. What job? Stripper? Escort? Do you remember when we were in school and we went on that field trip? Yeah, the job expo? Oh, no, I'm not going to be a secretary. Want to bet? asked April. I have so much on you right now that Sandra doesn't know about. That can change. I'm sure she'd love to hear about your history. You wouldn't dare tell her. She's my fiancee for Pete's sake, said Paul. Wouldn't tell me what? asked Sandra as she walked through the door. Oh, hi, honey, said Paul, quickly changing the subject. We have some great news, Sandra, and Paul wanted to be the one to tell you. That seemed only fair to me, said April. Good news? What is it, Paul? asked Sandra. Now I'm really curious. Well, stalled Paul. "'Go on, honey,' said Sandra. "'Yeah, tell her about the new—' "'Well, you know,' interjected April. "'Paul could hardly bring himself to speak. "'He didn't want to be a victim of yet another cruel scheme from April. "'But Sandra liked and trusted her. "'She had so much evidence of so many humiliating things "'that Paul had done over the years. "'She could definitely ruin his relationship. "'Paul decided that his best bet—' Was to cooperate for now and then talk his way out of it before Monday. April got me a job, said Paul. I start Monday. That's wonderful. I know how hard it's been on you to be out of work. What will you be doing? asked Sandra. He'll be working for me, explained April. I won't be too hard on him. Paul was only vaguely aware of what April did. He knew the building she worked in was not far from where he used to work. Her firm had to be fairly successful to afford that rent. ''Do you own a company or something?'' asked Sandra. ''I wish,'' replied April. ''I'm in sales and I manage a team.'' ''Paul would be great at that. He can sell anything to anybody!'' exclaimed Sandra. ''Well, I'll start him slow. He really won't be doing any sales in the beginning.'' But I think this is the kind of job he's been training for since college, said April, winking at Paul subtly so that Sandra wouldn't see it. This definitely calls for a celebration, declared Sandra. It looks like Paul already started dinner, said April. I could get a good bottle of wine, though, and we could celebrate at home. That sounds great, agreed Sandra. April had begun her career at global marketing as the only woman in the entire sales force. The top salesmen had huge egos and were given plenty of space because they made a lot of money for the company. Of course, this meant a testosterone field workplace, where she put up with being treated as a secretary, being the butt of jokes, and gross older guys leering at her. It was her third week on the job when Brad Gardner, reeking of bad cologne, suggested she hike up her skirt and unbutton a few buttons on her blouse to entice a few more sales for the team. She would smile and take it during the day and go home and cry herself to sleep at the thought of going back to the office the next day. However, April's mom never raised a quitter. She got rid of Brad Gardner within a month and began remaking the department. She had no problem with hiring men, but they had to put their weight, and they had better not be making everyone else feel uncomfortable. Soon her sales force looked like she did. It was decidedly young and female, but with a few older salespeople and even a couple of men. She had even hired her old college friend Lauren as one of her employees. Recently, Thad Goodberry had left the firm. He had been there as a salesman for the past decade and a half, and his contacts would definitely be missed. April decided that it was only right that her secretary, Sylvia, would be given first crack at the salesperson job that she had been eyeing since she'd been hired at Global. This left April without a secretary, and with her love of humiliating him, she immediately thought of Paul. It was Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. when April called Sylvia into her office. Sylvia was naturally a bit nervous as she was the newest person on the sales team and Friday afternoon wasn't exactly a normal time to chat. Come on in and close the door, Sylvia instructed April. Why do I feel like I'm being called to the principal's office? asked Sylvia. Relax, Sylvia. You're doing a wonderful job. You're not in any trouble, replied April. Okay, I can breathe, said the striking Latina woman. Her coal black hair shined in the afternoon sun, beaming in through the window. So, how can I help you? You remember when I told you that if you got the sales job, I'd still need you to help train your replacement. Of course, said Sylvia. I'm happy to do it. There's a the catch. Oh? She's never been a secretary before a day in her life. You'll be starting from scratch, explained April. Okay, that'll be a bit tougher. Is she 18 or something? Actually, she's older than you are, but she's never been a secretary before. Or maybe I should say, he hasn't. A guy? Okay, that's surprising. "'When you were in school, was there ever a guy that you just loved to pick on?' asked April. "'Yeah, his name was Jorge, and he was such a jerk that it was a lot of fun when he finally got his comeuppance. "'Nicole is kind of the same thing, but I think I may have gotten carried away a bit. "'The one thing I can promise you is that your word is law. "'He'll know that if he disobeys you, he'll be punished.' If you feel comfortable with it, you can even punish him yourself. Okay, that doesn't sound bad at all, said Sylvia. I promise you, it might take some time to get him used to the job, but I promise you, he will do everything you tell him. And if he doesn't, you can put him right over your knee, assured April. I've got this, boss. One other thing. "'He's going to be dressing in women's clothing and calling himself Nicole,' said April. "'Even better,' replied Sylvia. "'It wasn't as if Paul needed a ton of preparation to get himself ready to work in April's office. "'She'd forced him back into dresses almost immediately after she reunited with him a little over a year ago. "'That meant his hair had gotten some length, his body was soft and smooth.' and even his eyebrows were shaped into as fine an arch as April thought she could get away with around Sandra. That weekend, April made Paul spend a considerable chunk of what was left in his severance package on a new work wardrobe. There had been so many excuses to dress Paul up, but not as a businesswoman, although this was not quite normal business attire. The blouses were tight, the skirts were short, and the heels were high. The plan was that every morning after Sandra left for work, Paul would go over to April's place and get changed into his business clothes. Paul would then take the bus to work while April drove her Miata. April couldn't help but laugh at Paul during his first day at work. Seeing Paul meekly totter around her old office in high heels and a short skirt, She was sure that it was quite a change from his old office, where he was able to act the total alpha male. With Sylvia not letting him get the least bit comfortable, Paul was hard at work every second of the day. The men in the office kept eyeing Paul. Even guys who weren't in the department came up with excuses to stop by the sales office and see the fresh meat. One of them even had the balls to give her a slap on her ass. April watched on in amusement as the new shy secretary had most of the office guys come on to her. I guess if you dress like she was, you're going to get a lot of male attention. Today's outfit for Paul consisted of a tight, orange, sleeveless dress that was a full four inches above his knees. His knees were five inches high, which were higher than anybody else's in the office by far. His perfume was also overdone for the office, and his bright orange nails were definitely glamour length. April had put a lot of thought into Paul's outfits. The goal was to make her look like the office slut, while at the same time not making her stand out too much in the office environment. Now April had managed to get rid of all the worst guys when it came to leering at the women in the office. But men being men, especially salesmen, Paul couldn't help getting to know the guys in the office very well. Jared Hogan was barely 30 and seemed to be a rising star. He was the only real guy in the office that had been hired by April herself. Jared had behaved himself around all the women in the office so far, but April could tell from a mile away that her salesman was smitten with the new girl. Nicole, you do not have an easy job, and I don't think you're making it any easier on yourself by flirting with Jared, said Sylvia as she walked past the secretary's desk. I wasn't flirting, Miss Diaz, said Paul defensively. Weren't you? asked Sylvia, stopping in her tracks. It's pretty clear that you are making eyes at each other. I guess I might have been looking at him, but he's been staring at me all day and it's made me uncomfortable, complained Paul. I don't know if this is your first office job, but when you dress to get male attention, you're going to get male attention. Maybe tone it down a little, replied Sylvia. I'll try, replied Paul but he knew that everything that April had made him purchase was guaranteed to make him the office slut. Hi, I am Miss Jen Davis, and for more information on me, please go to my website at missjendavis.com That's Jen with two N's and Miss with two S's. M-I-S-S-J-E-N-N-D-A V-I-S dot com.